Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to The Accelerator. I'm your host, Michael Conniff. We're a podcast devoted to founders, entrepreneurs, startups, also family offices, um, investment firms, VCs, and uh, angels. And we also have a podcast called The Angel that you should check out. We're on all the major platforms, um, Apple, Amazon, um, and so on. Uh, we're on Spotify and YouTube as well, so please rate us um, like us and share us with your friends. Um, we would very much appreciate that. Today, I am joined by a dynamic duo from Iambic. Um, welcome to co-founder and CEO, Maeve Wang, and also Raza Hassan. He's this co-founder and chief technical officer. Hello, both of you. Hi. Hi, thanks for nice, having us today. Nice to see you. And um, you're coming to us from uh, World Headquarters in... Um, Columbus Circle in New York City. Um, I met you both uh, to set the stage a little bit. We met um, uh, during a Harvard Alumni Entrepreneurs um, uh, uh, pitch contest, wasn't it? Yes, a pitch contest. You were in um, uh, the 2023 cohort, which is an honor unto itself. And I thought you acquitted, acquitted yourselves really well. And so I, I was very happy to reach out and get to meet uh, Maeve and now, uh, and now both of you. So uh, uh, a great question to start with is probably, how did you both, how did you meet you two? Yeah, well, I think that goes back to just how Iambic started. Um, and it was originally inspired by a personal issue that I had, where I just really struggled to find really basic shoes that fit. And my breaking point was, 300 returns and exchanges within three years, which included online and physical retail. I traveled to upstate, Connecticut, deep Jersey, tried every foot scanner out there, tried hundreds of brands, um, and was really realized that there was something wrong with the system. So I spoke to hundreds of consumers, many of them were friends and family, and discovered that the issue wasn't just me, it actually impacts 27% of people. And one of the people I connected with happened to be a biomedical engineering professor who's a friend. Um, and she recommended that I connect with Raza. Um, so whom she re uh, conducted research and had worked with in the past as an instructor. And when we met, it was January, 2020. Uh, I remember that, that yeah. day distinctly. <laughs> and we were going to meet again um, but then things started kind of shutting down in New York City. It was kind of a scary time. Mm. And we decided that uh, we wanted to really work together on the first iteration of Iambic. The first day we worked together was the day that Governor Cuomo announced that he would shut down New York State. Mm. And then we just built the company from there. So, <laughs> and yeah. you're still here. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what were you doing at the time, Raza? What were you doing? So I had just finished my doctorate degree in biomedical engineering with focus on computational biomechanics and musculoskeletal joint research. So I was working with the friend with whom may have mentioned. So uh, in, in, the, in, in the lab working on different diseases as well as different uh, models of uh, foot and knee based uh, devices. So when she mentioned Maeve, I was like, this is, looks like a very interesting thing to collaborate on. And then from there, rest is history. So I got so much into this idea overall. 
and I knew the problem firsthand from the point of view of the consumers who are suffering from this day in, day out. So I was like, hey, this is something we should definitely take along forward. And then rest is again history. We just yeah. started working and March 2020 onwards, here we are. We just kept building this brand. And one, one thing yeah. that I distinctly recall in our very first meeting, Raza came in and he was lugging this massive laptop. He plopped it on the table. We were in this really lovely cafe and he opened it up and we started just going into a lot of his research. And I found like these beautiful 3D models of different parts of um, like legs, knees, ankles, those joints, along with just his understanding of computational biomechanics. But what I really loved about that was just how excited Raza was about, you know, what he was doing. Um, and when he started really understanding and appreciating, like how this his work related to shoes, which was a personal issue for me at the time, connected with many other people, I was like, you know what, when you're looking for one of your earliest team members and your co-founder, you're looking for someone who you can work really well with, but also has the potential to become a best friend. And so one of my parting words was, I can see us becoming best friends and I can see myself working with you and being excited about it. That's and great. Here That's we are. Great. You are. But you are not a couple, you two, are you? No. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, hopefully married uh, elsewhere. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I wanted, wanted to just be clear on that. And I also want to be clear about Iambic. So you make a personalized, customized shoe product. Um, and uh, maybe you could show it to us. Do you have it there? Yes, we do. For, <clears throat> okay. And so for people who are who are uh, watching on a podcast where they can't see it, it's um, a white um, uh, a white sneaker, uh, a white um, leisure shoe that has um, red highlights, red dots, or maybe squares, rectangles around the edges. It's quite stylish. Um, and um, why don't you explain? How and I'm going to let you do this, Raza. Okay. How do you make a shoe custom and personal so that it's a one of a kind? So I will go a little bit in detail here on this. Like the shoemaking process, it's it contains several components. Okay. And when you are going towards a, a custom shoe which is not mass produced, unlike a lot of brands out there. So you have to take care of a lot more features there so that it's personal, it's custom to a person's foot, and it takes care of all the nuances of a person's foot itself. So if I have to look at a person's foot, it looks something like this, uh -huh. which has all the beauties and all the creatures there which nature has given to us. And then we have to reach somewhere here, which looks sleek in its own thing. It's, it's a work of artistry. So what you have to do here is in old school custom fit, you have to do everything manually. You have to make everything from scratch. You have to make a shoe mold. Now shoe mold is at the center of making the shoe and it has this beautiful curves around it and that needs to be preserved as well. In traditional custom fit, this is done manually with hand. What Iambic did was like using our technology platform, we automated and modernized this process in two fields. Number one, through AI, artificial intelligence, and the second one through streamlined manufacturing. The first one with AI, 
we worked on the parts which are the slowest in the whole shoemaking process, thereby making them faster in whole production chain, as well as reducing the cost. And that reduction in the cost is because of everything is faster now and the less labor is required there. And the main part where we automated the process using AI was, again, to making the shoe mold. Going from this foot shape directly to something and more like is this, which is what we call dad shoe, clown-like shoe, or a block of just a plastic, which you might see a lot around in orthopedic shoe space, which is just a block of something which closely mimics a foot shape itself. Now we have to go from this to this. This in itself captures the measurements of a foot, but there's one thing missing, the artistry behind it. And that artistry is the second part of our AI, which converts this bulk of a plastic into this sleek bulk of a plastic, which is more close to a shoe shape. The rest okay. is like using our steam and manufacturing, we convert this into this shoe, which is again, sleek looking, stylish, and is custom made to a person's foot. So using our, these two, technologies on our platform, where the first one is AI and the second one is streamlined manufacturing. We make the whole process faster, automate it, and provides a solution to the end consumer as, uh, as easy as from sitting from their home. So he's not only a CTO, but he can, uh, he can talk. That's a, good, that's a good advantage for a CTO. Yes, Maeve, go ahead. Tell me more. If I can kind of expand on two things there. First, in terms of the shoe mold itself, would you mind handling handing that? To emphasize just how nuanced this art is, if you go simply from, let's say, a more clown-like true foot silhouette, and if you just choose to round it out, it's still not enough to get you a shoe that is sleek. Right. Every The nuances are so precise that you need specific angles. There are a million ways to get you a shoe that looks like a clown shoe and far fewer ways to get you a shoe that's aesthetically pleasing. I love you. So that's why when a we just a clown, a clown shoe. <laughs> I love that you call it a clown, clown shoe. shoe. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's what yeah. a, lot of, a lot of dads are wearing. Yes. Okay. And um, um, also. It's, so, it's an aesthetic, of course. Yeah. I'm so, sorry, go ahead. But. I think it's an aesthetic that works, but I just kind of want to emphasize the way that we describe our technology, it's automating art. It's not just a science because footwear fit is an art in right. addition to the science. Right, so I want yeah. to um, also mention that um, it's, I mean, it's amazing that you sent back 300 pairs of shoes. I, I just do not want that to go unremarked. Um, uh, do you, um, uh, I, I, and it's, it would be absurd to ask you if you're a shoe person, because obviously you are. Um, but uh, do you have any reason why? Well, I wasn't actually a shoe person at all before. I was one no. of the least fashionable. One of the reasons why I consider myself an unlikely fashion founder is because among my friends, I was the least likely to care very much about how I dressed. My issue is that I had a combination of two very common, let's say, foot sh uh, profiles. I have a slightly narrower heel, which is very common, and a slightly wider forefoot. 
But when you put those together, what you have is a really challenging silhouette where it either results in crazy heel slippage or a really tight toe box, even for wider shoes. Uh And that was the challenge that I had, trying to find shoes that looked somewhat decent, that didn't look too clown-like because of that silhouette. But that's actually really common among women in particular, Mm -hmm. as well as people of color. And Raza, how about you? Raza, do you have a a weird foot or are you like a normal foot guy? uh, Slightly a weird foot. So I have a a high instep, which is, again, the, the more we started going in in the society and gathering the data so at our core we are data driven and ai driven and when we look at people's data in the society well we are like hey we are not something an outlier there may be 20 percent 25 percent 30 percent of the people in certain categories who align on us and something like 25 percent is not an outlier that's lies within a big minority of people. So I have a high instep. I have a, my big toe is really big compared to the other toes. So these are the two private things on my feet, which keep enclosed. But by sharing hair, if people hear this and they were like, hang on, I have this one of those two or three things as well. And when you start looking at those people's testimonials, their data, their feet structures, you realize that you are not the only one in this category. And there's something fundamentally now wrong with how the shoes were being designed itself and being manufactured. Like if so many people, 25% or so, they don't lie within this shoe category, then we need to make something for them as well. And something stylish for them. This, these are not the people, by the way, who have some disease going on necessarily. They just have the foot structure, which is like this given by nature by god like that so they need if they need they deserve, deserve don't need they deserve if well i am i am so uh i am so in your corner here i uh not to brag about how weird my feet are but um i'm a person who has had gout since he was eight years old uh bursitis uh all kinds of problems with my feet but the main problem is um that i have like you a high arch but my shoe but my feet are not proportionately long. I have a high arch, but they're, my feet are relatively short and wide. Um, so it's, what I've always ended up doing is I end, end up having to get a bigger shoe that then really fits my foot just to get my arch into the foot. And then on top of that, I have a um, something called a Liz Frank fracture at the back of my left heel, which means there's a bump. So uh, I've got in my closet at least three. Now, unlike Maeve, I never send a shoe back. So I have three pairs of beautiful Nikes or whatever um, that I can't wear because my left he- they hurt my left heel because my left heel bumps out. So I think you're really onto something here. So, so Maeve, describe to me um, the product line. What is it? What is it? What do you have? And sort of what are the price points? And I know not not every shoe is customized. So let's talk about the shoes that are not customized as well. Well, what we're actually doing right now is custom fitting uh, these shoes. So what we yes, yes. Oh, okay, All right. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to what we just launched, which is the executive experience, this is our full white glove service. And this offers people an opportunity to not just go through our consultation using their smartphone, because we actually have a smartphone scanner where you can take three pictures of each foot 
and also answer survey questions about what comfort means to you, but they have an option to actually meet us in person in our workshop in New York City, if they're in the tri-state area, and utilize the, space, the Artec Space Spider, which is an, a scanner that NASA uses on the International Space Station. Oh, cool. We use that scanner to also walk them through how we developed our technology, because that was a scanner that we used to build our smartphone scanner. So they get kind of that next level of both service, but also depth and understanding of how their shoe is constructed. In addition to that, instead of just sharing their comfort preferences through a, a survey, we actually have a full consultation conversation that can last anywhere from 15 to 45 plus minutes. And what we found is that when people there's so much opportunity to educate consumers about what shoe foot fit can be and maybe should be like. Mm -hmm. For mm -hmm. example, some people think that they want a lot of cushioning and let's say it could be because they want more quote unquote stability. Um, maybe if they're walking along cobblestone streets downtown a lot, but what we actually explain is how if you're looking for real stability, excess cushioning can actually be hurting you and it might actually be contributing I want to jump in just briefly because I once did a newspaper story um, or a magazine story, actually, for a magazine called In Health uh, about the, the first Nike cross trainer. And it was a shoe that you could run in, but could also play basketball in. And the big trade off, the big the big problem, design problem was that when you add cushioning, as they do in basketball shoes, um, you increase uh, instability more cushion shoes are, shoes are less stable, right? And, um, um, and, and the less cushion shoes, which are better for running, are more stable. So that was sort of the balance. So keep going. Yeah. Yes. And I think that there are misconceptions around what feels good and what might be better for your lifestyle. And so it's a real dialogue. And that's what we really love about the executive experience. But in addition to just the custom fit shoe, there's a middle touch point where it's called the pilot shoe. And this is the test pair where people have the option of actually wearing them, providing feedback on them, what works really well, what might be dialed in further, and even being able to maybe draw on their shoes too to highlight some of those points. And this is a way for us to get really good feedback, not just to improve their shoes, but to improve how we're, we're predicting and personalizing fit for everybody. And so this actually deepens the relationship with all of our earliest customers because we're really getting to know each other on another level that you wouldn't be able to do without that type of white glove service or that like intermediary touch point. And then finally they receive their final shoe. But what we describe is that this isn't just a single product that you'll receive once and then be done with. We've designed every feature of this shoe intentionally so that there's functionality built in. Mm -hmm. And if you, you describe some of the, the ridges, the white ridges with the red layer kind of interspersed mm -hmm. and peeking between the ridges, we call this our sole print design. Think about it like your fingerprint. Mm -hmm. Have you ever looked at your shoes and seen how they sometimes wear out differently on the right or left side, inner or outer? Always the case, yes. Well, that's really valuable information about your alignment and balance and gates. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And every time you chuck your shoes, all of that data is lost. It never gets back to the shoemakers, the mold makers, right? The suppliers. 
to actually understand how their shoes performed and met your needs over time. For us, we designed it so that these ridges, we call them wear bars, actually wear down differently based on your alignment, balance, and gait. And once you're done with your iambics, rather than just chuck them, you have the option of actually taking pictures of them, of the sole and the different sides of them. And along with your feedback, we can use that as both physical and digital data to improve your next pair. That way, it's what we call an evolutionary shoe, the shoe that evolves with you. Um, Because things happen, right? Yeah, no, that's a great idea. But tell me about price. For the executive experience. um, uh, I'm guessing it doesn't come cheap. So so what what about the price points? For the executive experience, it's $1,100. Okay. And it's really designed for the earliest adopters for tastemakers who really understand and appreciate the premium nature of our shoe, of our value proposition. Mm -hmm. We've actually already sold out of our very first limited drop though, and um, without any paid ads, just because the demand for what we're doing um, is there and because our differentiated value proposition and brand, it's it's connecting with the public. You know, we knew what we're building is really cool, but I think that the overwhelming response has been just incredible. So what we're actually going to do is roll out our next model, which is um, at a lower price point very soon. You know, it's gonna be a surprise, so we don't want to share too much right now, but what was originally planned for 2024, we might actually open up the wait list for within the next few months. And that's a simplified model. That's not the white glove service, um, doesn't include the pilot shoe. That's fully virtual, the three pictures of each foot questionnaire, but it still is designed to deliver that custom fit feel while in a more distilled way. Yeah. And and on the the production side, um, Raza, how, I know you're making them in Portugal so how and where they make lots of you know kind of famously make great shoes um what is the challenge as the cto to making shoes like this where each shoe is different so the challenges which we faced early on and we have overcome uh, them satisfactorily to date and with with major backing from national science foundation who helped us with developing our algorithms the models and setting up our technology platform and leading it to production of the shoes so the, initially what we faced uh, was how to incorporate this at scale for everyone because now we we started with few people 5 10 20 but now we want to take it to the next level of scale where we can do it automated for a lot of people that's what we produced with uh our machine learning models at a scale using the backing from National Science Foundation where we automated our whole platform. So that was the initial challenge uh, which we have overcome at this point. If okay. I can add to that as well. Yeah, please I do. think one of the things that we discovered is that fit is also, or comfort is subjective. So if we have data on people's feet but we don't get high resolution data on what feels good to them. It doesn't matter if we actually adapt this to their foot geometry. If they prefer their shoes to be, let's say, a little bit tighter or a little bit looser, 
we could be, and we don't know that, we could be off by the equivalent of, of many more of, we could be off. And so what we discovered is that it's that qualitative as well as quantitative data that's so powerful that we gather, which many other, let's say, shoe fit prediction, uh, like solutions don't necessarily incorporate as much. Yeah. No, that's interesting. You know, it, it reminds me of um, skiing. I don't know if either of you are skiers, but but um, one of my revelations when I moved to um, outside Aspen, Colorado, was that um, that your shoe, your um, your ski boot really mattered. And anyone who is a serious skier has custom fitted their boots, like anyone. And um, so I went I went ahead and did this. Um, and uh, the guy who did it was actually used to do it for the U.S. ski team. So he was top notch. But he was so obsessed that he actually went with me on the mountain <laughs> to see how I skied, um, which is, of course, pretty badly. But but he went to, on the mountain. Then he went back to the workshop and he tweaked and he tweaked. And so I'm still wearing those boots like 10 years later. And it, I would say it was like a 15 percent difference Um which when you think of skiing or uh, any sport is, is actually an enormous improvement. Like think about if you played golf 15% better or something like that, or tennis. So I look at it, I look at your shoe in, in similar fashion that if somebody, and it might even be greater than that, but if, if you had got a 10%, 15%, 20% improvement in your experience of wearing the sneaker, that's actually a lot. I mean, it's really noticeable. So what's the feedback from the users now? Really great, actually, testimonials. Uh, so we had some people try it out for a long time period. And Maeve has been like, had more yeah. stories to tell about those folks. It's been incredible. And not just from the comfort mm -hmm. fit perspective, but also from the style and customer experience perspective. One testimonial said, I've never felt this way in shoes before, but I'm also just so excited to go out there and show these off. Yeah. And it's and because people shoes aren't just a, a mobility device, they also impact your personal confidence, your sense of self. For many people, it's an extension of their sense of identity. Um, but not only that, but more for women than men. I mean, that's definitely seems to be true for women. I don't know that many men who are obsessed with their shoes, but a uh, lots of women are the sneakerhead. You, you, I think you'd be surprised. I think yeah. the sneakerhead community and sneakerhead culture has oh, actually true, true enough. mainstream. Yes. Um, but the act, another aspect of what we're doing with this more customer centric approach for a product is we've been embedding that into the whole experience. So in the consultation process, both in person and virtually, people have the opportunity to name their shoes. And so we share updates regularly on the progress of their shoes with their shoe name. Um, Luna Soul, Madison Avenue, uh, they're being designed in New York City. Uh, their blueprints have been sent to Portugal. Ben and Jerry are being laced up in Portugal and are on their way soon. And the reason for that is because we're not just out there to deliver a shoe. We're looking to change people's expectations about what shoes can be and change their relationship with shoes, building like a deeper emotional bond and ultimately a deeper emotional bond with Iambic as a brand. So we've gotten some rave reviews 
from about the customer experience as well, because it's so unique. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, we're just about out of time. This has gone very quickly. It's been a very easy podcast for me to do because this is very interesting, even though I'm not like I don't have a foot thing. But but um, what I wanted to ask you, you is what does the future look like? What's the immediate future look like? And then what are your kind of your hopes and dreams for what this could be? I'm happy to take that. Sure. So the future um, is we're going to be delivering our executive experience for a select number of early adopters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to be rolling out our next shoe, the mid-tier model, the more simplified model, um, opening up the wait list for that over the coming months and then rolling that out later on the year, early next year. And so that's really going to be um, our primary focus for the coming years in terms of volume. The executive experience is really meant to cultivate people who understand the brand and can also go out there and really promote us, uh, brand ambassadors effectively. And long term, our goal is a fully mass market shoe, a sub $200 custom fit shoe. That, that be, is yeah. what our that vision be, is yeah, to grail. truly democratize this. The holy grail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that but would be beyond great. that, yeah. our data driven. It would be incredible. But beyond that, we're also collecting incredible data insights and training algorithms with this closed data feedback loop that no one else in the industry has. And that those insights have the power to not just deliver custom fitted shoes, but to also dial in how mass produced shoes are designed and made too. And so for us, we don't see this as a single individual brand or single company going out there trying to change the industry. We're looking to cultivate an ecosystem of other brand manufacturing partners who want to, let's say, build, you know, co- uh, do product collaborations and ultimately maybe expand the reach of our technology to improve how shoes are made more broadly. And so that's really what we're trying to do. I want to remind our listeners, you've been listening to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. Um, and I want to also remind you, go to my website, michaelconniff.com. Um, we, um, uh, there's lots there, lots of my writing and other things. Um, and um, I also want to uh, remind you to subscribe and to look for us on all the major podcast platforms, plus uh, YouTube and Spotify for video. And you have to do that for this podcast or you won't see the beautiful shoe. So I would really recommend that. And I want to thank uh, both Maeve Wang, the co-founder and CEO, and uh, her her counterpart, Raza Hassan, is co-founder and CTO. Thank you so much for doing this, both of you. It's really been fun. I really appreciate it. And thank you again for having us. This is terrific. Thank you, Michael. All right. As I like to say... Uh, Stay tuned because uh, we'll be back with another podcast before you know it.